This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Rams Talk podcast preview show. Um, We're going to be previewing uh, this weekend's coming game at Pride Park versus Charlton. And to go through everything uh, with me, I've got uh, Louis Mendes from Charlton Live uh, this evening. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, Callum. Thanks for for having me on. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Um, I mean, I've had... uh, Probably better ones after the last two results. Um, <laughs> when we've had gone, come off the back of a, a, a loss and a, a draw, so I'm hoping for oh, a return to form must, there. Must be awful up there in in the playoff places. <laughs> terrible. <isn't it? laughs> no, uh, but yeah, yeah. Looking at, uh, ahead to uh, a Saturday, and obviously the reverse fixture that we had at uh, the Valley, um, you got the better of us that day. So, are you looking at that? Similar results there in terms of the current form you're in? Uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, I mean, cast your mind back to that game at the Valley and how we didn't lose that about 4 or 5-1, I don't know. But <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're on a run of, of decent enough form. We've won five out of the last seven games. Uh, you know, since Dean Holden's come in, he's knocked him into a bit of shape. Um, but you know, having said that, I, I've never I've never seen such an underwhelmed fan base after a win as as last night at Forest Green, where uh, we won one 0 obviously against against the side that sat rock bottom. But um, I, I think we were probably a little bit lucky to come away with it with the with, with the way the game panned out. Like they um, we scored early, didn't really have any other chances, and then last fifteen minutes or so they battered us. And uh, I, I'll keep only had to make one save, but you know, if they if they were finishing a bit better. And not only would they not be bottom, I guess, but they, they probably would have got something last night. So, so have you really seen um, a pickup in form since uh, Dean Olden's come in, or is it really been? And, and is it kind of performances have taken uh, an increase in in that, or is it really just the results and performances are still still trying to get there? I'd I'd say the the performances have have improved certainly. Obviously, the results have. Um, there's been a big change in style since um since Dean's come in which which has been quite important for for Charlton obviously we started the campaign with um with Ben Garner as the boss um and, and funny enough because you are were our first home league game um it, it was quite a chastening experience as as we were trying to see the style of football that Ben Garner wanted to bring which is very much a possession based style of football we were going to run the play you know, law teams onto us and, and pick them off and, and all that. But when we, when we played you guys, we were just absolutely dreadful in the first half. And 
couldn't pick up that position. So there was quite a concern at the start of the season that we weren't going to be able to play the way that we wanted. And as the season progressed under Ben, I think we were playing to an extent the way he wanted. We were we were heavily possession based. You know, we, Derby was one of the few teams that's come to the valley and completely run run the the tempo of the game and that. But um, we just weren't good enough at it really unfortunately Defen- defensively you know we don't have ball playing defenders and um you know that's something that since dean's come in he's tried to stop us doing that and we've made fewer mistakes still make the odd mistake at the back but we've made fewer mistakes that have sort of led directly to chances and goals since that's happened um and, and uh, yeah we, we, we just feel a bit more potent going forward which is strange really because you thought that would sort of be one of garner's bigger strengths because he was, he was very good with swindon last year in terms of attacking stats but we, we were just a bit flat, but over the last few weeks, we feel like we've tightened up a bit and, and going forward, we're, we're, we're a lot more clinical as well, which helps. So, yeah, it's, it's not just the results that have picked up, but they certainly have because, I mean, it's taken Dean nine games to win five, uh, which is the same amount that Ben Garner won in his 20 at the Valley as well. So it's um it's been a better few weeks, although it's too little too late for us if... um. If you want to look at the league table, we've won five out of seven and we're still 13 points off Barnsley who still have a game in hand on us. So, unfortunately, you know, we're not going to be doing anything this season, but at least we're not quite as near to the, the relegation zone as we were a few weeks ago. Yeah, well, you were alluding to there um, in terms of the the style of uh, style of play. It seems that we've kind of been going through a similar ilk in terms of when we were, obviously, when we last met, uh, Liam Rossini was a possession style of play, playing out from the back, and that obviously led to uh, a lot of errors at the back with players really who couldn't fulfil this uh, philosophy that he was looking at doing. And now we've got Paul Warner, who's, which is more direct. Um, is is that a very similar story uh, down in, in Charlton? It, it really now a direct style of play? Yeah, direct would probably be taking it too far. I mean, like, we, we wouldn't go as far as say we're like a, a long ball team, but we're, we're quicker up the pitch, if that makes sense. So, for example, we, we beat Exeter away a couple of weeks ago and both of our goals did come from, uh, well, the first one from a ball from midfield, the second one from a ball from pretty much on the halfway line with one of the defenders, but both quite measured through ball, long balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we're not afraid to, like I say, to, to get the ball up the pitch higher than than we were under Ben when you would literally get, I don't know if you've ever seen that clip of the Simpsons where they're playing it around yeah. the back. <laughs> that, yeah, that was us. I know there was this one, there was this one passage of play where I remember or a game earlier on in the season where literally that, that happened about five or six one twos between the centre halves while everyone else is just standing around going, what's going on? <laughs> um, so we, we've come away from that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's certainly more effective for us. And it's interesting, isn't it? Like you mentioned, obviously, Rossini wanted to play that style as well. Um, when when we as a club, and, and particularly our owner, current owner, Thomas Sangard, made it quite clear that, that he wanted to drill that style into, into us at the start of the season, I, I remember asking him a couple of questions like, why do you think that's going to work in League One? Obviously, now Ben Garner's that style of manager, and you do get young managers who want to play that, as we said, like Rossini as well. But is it effective in League One? I don't think it is. And I don't think you see many teams who will be effective like that. Obviously, Swindon last season in League Two got into the playoffs, which is part partly, you could say, successful. But I, I think if you look at Rotherham last season, I don't remember seeing them playing it around the back too often. you know. And, and, and obviously, you've brought in the, the same gaffer to try and get the same effect. So it, 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 it makes you think sometimes... People who, who are making those decisions, do they really understand what League One's all about? 
Um, you know, and, and you know, I felt I felt I felt bad for Liam Rossini because um, you know, he's a young young manager and you know, he's the sort of the sort of bloke you want to see succeed. And I was impressed with him when 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 he came to the press conference at the Valley. I remember he um he spoke quite kindly about the club because his dad used to play there three games yeah. on loan. But he, he, he made it <laughs> made a special mention of that as well. Um but yeah, that, that style of football I, I don't think it works in League One and you know, we've seen how much of a difference us coming away from it has made over the last few weeks. And when you were saying there with the with the uh, the ownership in terms of the way they wanted and wanted that uh, adaptation of the style of play um, there, have the fans really taken to the new style of play that's come into now, or are they, like you said, I think you said you're a bit of disillusion with the one 0 win against uh, Forest Green? Are they really not behind it at all? Yeah, no, I, I, they're, they're pretty. They're behind what we've seen over the last few weeks. Uh, yesterday was like probably the worst we've played in one. Like under Dean, I'd argue we probably only really had two bad halves, and that one was away at Oxford in his second game, where we were the first half absolutely all over the place. Uh, and I'd say the second half at, against probably oh, this is me having missed the Fleetwood game to be fair on Saturday, so I can't oh, speak about that one where we lost. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, last night I thought the second half I thought we were poor, um, and like I say, probably lucky to come away with with, with all three points. But o- overall, I think the fans are very pleased. Like again, this was a conversation. I remember having with someone early on in the season where like the club had drummed it, drummed into the fan base so much that we're going to play this great football that there were stages sort of uh, maybe six or seven, eight, nine into the season where people would convince themselves, oh, I don't mind we're not winning games because we're playing great stuff. But when it got to 20 and we were trying that and we got beat at home to Cheltenham on a Friday night, uh, that that no matter how pretty the passing around the back was, <laughs> like people were fuming and, and Dean yeah. coming in and, and picking up results has won the fans over, you know, it, it's a results game. It's, um, it's, it's a simple thing, but Dean coming in and winning games is, is why people are, are happier now. Um, you know, not saying everyone's ev- overly delighted with what's going on at Charlton. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the news over the last few days with, with, with who's been lurking around with the former Sunderland chap, Charlie Mevin and all sorts of takeover problems going on and, and people aren't happy with the current owner either. Um, but yeah, the, the last few weeks have seen a bit of an uplifting mood in terms of, like the results on the pitch, and that, and that's obviously the most important thing in the short term. Yeah, no, exactly. That's results based business at the end of the day. And, and for those, for, for obviously Derby listeners who are probably listening to this, um, wondering what you were trying to allude to there with what's currently going on. Obviously, I I've kind of uh, picked up on it. I've done a little bit of research prior to having you come on tonight. Uh, what what is the state of play currently? Obviously, not delving too deep, but just kind of give a little bit of a flavour for Derby fans so they can. Uh, maybe have a look at research of themselves really just because obviously we know what exactly what ownership um troubles are so uh so yeah 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 so current owner is thomas sangard he, he's been here for two and a half years now um a danish american chap came in promising the world uh delivered not much at all unfortunately and actually is um uh, probably taking the club backwards in his time. You know, we're, we're currently at the lowest we've ever been as a club. We've never spent this long in League One before in our entire history since getting promoted out of it in the 1920s. Um, so everyone's pretty disillusioned with that. Um, there was talk he was thinking of selling. Um, he's certainly talk, been talking this season about cutting costs, and we've seen that in terms of the, the quality of players and stuff that's been brought in. Um, so all of a sudden, just before Christmas, um, Dean Holden was appointed manager along with four other, uh, sorry, with three other senior positions inside the club. So we had Andy Scott, the former Brentford manager, coming as technical director, Jim Rodwell, a former chap at Sunderland, 
come in as COO and, and a finance chap. Um, and around sort of the time that they were brought in as well, we'd started to see this Charlie Mevan character uh, at games at Charlton. Now, um, most people will know him from the Sunderland Till I Die documentary. Mm. Um, and if you speak to any of the chaps of the Roker Report, I mean, you, you'll get short shrift when you ask him what they think of um, <laughs> of Charlie Mevan. He's not he's not Mr. Popular. Um, so alarm bells obviously started ringing when his face started turning up at games. There were a few other people as well. Um, a chap called Simon Lenigan, who was in in sort of cahoots with him, who was there, who, who's been seen at a few games now. Um, some some pretty intrepid uh, journalists around the club have found documentation about how these people are selling Charlton as an investment opportunity to other people, and that would appear to involve a lot of cost cutting, like stuff you don't want to hear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there was concern that they were about to buy the club, and I'm not really, you know, Charlton fans on the whole, didn't seem too enthused about them. Some were. Some who seem to have been, I don't know, bought into what he's been telling them in DMs <laughs> on LinkedIn and stuff, who obviously yeah. been a little bit influenced. But most people are a little bit wary now. So he got to last Friday, and uh, all of a sudden we hear through um, the South London Press journalist, Richard Corley, that the deal's off. So a lot of people didn't really know how to feel because they want Sangard out, but they didn't want Meffin in. So they think, well, maybe this is a step in the right direction. Uh, we now know that Thomas appears to be talking to some other chap, some American businessman who none of us have ever heard of. You know, he's he's not got any experience as far as we know as of running football clubs. So no one really. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Who knows what all that's about. In the meantime, uh, Charlie Mevin is threatening to sue Thomas Sangard for what he thinks is sort of pulling out of this deal when he shouldn't have. You know, you have uh, periods of exclusivity when, when you have takeovers. Yeah. And there's an argument now as to when that period ended and if the deal... Uh, was pulled and Thomas had been spoke, speaking to someone else in that period or not. So that that's all going on in the back burner now. We've got Mevan still leaking to fans all about how great he is on LinkedIn and uh, saying stuff that doesn't really marry up with some of the evidence that we've seen in other documents. So, yeah, that's all going on. And then just to top it off nicely, um, <laughs> out of nowhere, uh, Thomas has um, appointed a new CEO, a chap called Peter Story. Uh, I have to admit, like, I'd have to Google him because... He's more famous for his uh, time in this country, maybe about 10 years ago when he was the CEO uh, of Portsmouth who oversaw them going into administration and all their financial difficulties. He was even arrested at one point uh, nice. for his part in that. Although I, th- I think he, he did, he got away with no charges, but you know, it's, it's not great to see someone arrested, but he's here now anyway. <laughs> so to keep things ticking over until some other no mark buys us from, from the current one. So yeah, well, it's that, messy. <laughs> well, I was about to say that, that that I mean, American um, investors and uh, like I said, people messaging people on social media and LinkedIn. I mean, that just sounds 
like a throwback to two years ago for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the frustration for for us is, and we've been through it before, particularly with one of the chaps who was knocking around at um, at Pryor Park in Matt Southwood. Like, yeah, we've seen how people like this operate, and they message fans, and like anyone can sound when they're giving you their side of the story, like coherent and, and like well, the, the promised land and all that. But I can't believe that people are still falling for this rubbish in our fan base, yeah. to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's frustrating. And as you say, you, you guys have been through it. And the, the, the problem with us is we don't feel like we're any closer to coming out the other side of it yet. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you guys own your ground yet, but that's, that's a problem we've got. Did he buy your ground? Yeah. So the problem we've got is yeah. we don't currently own ours, which is obviously, throws another spanner into the works in, in terms of that issue, yeah. but yeah there's it opens you up to all sorts of chances because if you're not going to buy the asset and all you're coming in is to buy the club where you get access to all sorts of central income and that sort of stuff yeah then then actually you don't have to own a great deal of money in the first place to be able to come in and buy the, buy the, the football club uh and uh yeah it's left us wide open to well, unfortunately, has has proven for the last the last few years to be a load of rubbish, and in, in some cases, not the current case, but criminals as well, which um, which you guys just about got away with. Yeah, yeah, and as I say, um, I mean, it was the 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 thing that um kind of topped uh, the deal over for us. It was um the current uh, owner going and buying the stadium first and obtaining that asset, and then going and and getting the club after. So that and we were right on the brink. So that's how close it can get to. And hopefully for you guys, it it doesn't even get mm-hmm. to that, and and you can get it taken over swiftly. Um, so just looking ahead to Saturday, then I mean, I'm just looking at uh, just popped up a couple of stats from a couple of reliable sources <laughs> um, in uh, some outlets that I can't say. But uh, in, in terms of possession, you looked at 62% possession last night against Forest Green uh, and uh, seven, seven shots, three on target. So you, a pretty dominant performance on stats-wise uh, in terms of – and you play 4-3-3. And, uh, is possession kind of the, the deal of the day and, and in terms of dominating the ball? Uh, and does that yeah, happen I, away from home? Yeah, I wouldn't say that so much under Dean. Funnily enough, um, when I saw our possession stats sort of midway through the first half yesterday, I turned to the chap sitting next to me and I said, I don't, remember, I don't think we've been this sort of dominant in terms of possession over the last few. I mean, we're playing a Forest Green side who obviously are very low in confidence, but yeah. um, I, I don't think those stats tell, tell the full story because of the three shots on target, you know, one, one of them was obviously the goal. Jez Raksaki had a massive chance soon after. Uh, I can't remember the third one, but all of those really sort of came in the, it felt like in the early stages. Maybe the third one might have been a shot from Fraser that might have been early second half. Um, but yeah, we felt like we offered nothing yesterday, which was unusual because like the first 20 minutes, we, we did feel like we were well on top, but we, yeah. we just seemed to fade out of it. Um, and we were really hanging on at the end. So yeah, y- yesterday was a strange performance to go by, but yeah, we, we, we do, we do play four three three. Um, we we do have real pace on on the wings, and we do have um, on on the right hand side. And, and it pains us to say it: a, a Crystal Palace loney who's like head and shoulders above the, the rest <laughs> in terms of Jezrak Saki, our top goal scorer. Um, you know, in, in the build up to yesterday's game, Duncan Ferguson had been speaking about how much of a threat he is and how they were going to double up on him. So it was quite embarrassing for him. And twelve minutes in, he like breezed past his entire team and put the cross into the goal. But you know, we we, we have we have got a threat in terms of him. We got Corey Blackett Taylor on the other side. He scored against you guys um, at, at the Valley. 
who, who's picking up a few goals. See, he's like his end product isn't always there, but he's he's, he's got um, great ability to take the ball beyond someone. Um, so you, we do have some assets going forward. Um, like I say, defensively, I feel like we're a bit brighter than we have been. We are prone to the odd error. Um, so yeah, it, it, we, we, we're coming to, to Derby on Saturday, I think, expecting a real test. Um, I don't think there'll be many Charlton fans going there expecting to win, but <clears throat> probably in a better place than we were, like I say, a few weeks ago uh, under Ben Garner. We, we, we had... When we look at our performances against the bigger teams away from home this season, and we had one against Sheffield Wednesday at the start of the season, which was under Garner, which was heavy possession-based, and, and we played really well but lost 1-0. But since then, I remember going to sides like Bolton, who I really like, and, and Barnsley, who you know get the job done. And we, we can have moments, but we, um, again, this was under Ben, we, we, we weren't sound enough defensively and we gave away too many goals and, and obviously you get punished against teams like that. So that that's where I'm going to be really nervous on on Saturday is to see if we can keep up those those slightly better defensive performances. Um, you know, and, and again that 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 is discounting the Fleetwood game, which I wasn't at where we conceded a really bad goal from a set piece. And obviously last night where we were a little bit too open at the end, although we did put some good blocks in, I guess. But yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to it because I think it's going to be an interesting test for, for Dean on Saturday. Yeah, well, you said um, in terms of the way way that you, you play and, and said it's raw pace at the top, would you say those, those front three are the players to watch for Derby fans um, for Charlton? Yeah, well, yeah, the, the two wide men, certainly. Um so in, in the middle of last night we played Chooks and Ek and it's, that's the f- his first league start of the season so he's particularly injury prone uh, so we normally have him as a super sub um, and it'll be interesting to see if he's I'd be surprised if he starts against um, Saturday uh, and therefore our other option in the middle would either be Macaulay Bond um, who got a lot of goals in this league on loan for Ipswich last season got a few goals for us in the Championship a couple of years ago he's come back to the club now. Um, but he's he's on a massive downward spiral over the last year and he hasn't done anything since he's come back to us, unfortunately. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping he won't start and I'm hoping that Miles Leeburn is fit enough to start, who is um, son of former uh, Charlton legend Carl Leeburn, who might be a bit before your time actually looking at you, but um, <laughs> uh, he, he, was well, he was well in my bracket. He was like my first hero, but his son is like... Hopefully, Carl won't listen, but clearly a better player than he was. And he's, he's a re- <laughs> if, he, if he's playing, he's, he's a real threat, but he's been suffering with a hip problem. So I'd be shocked if he starts because he's not even been in the squad last couple. But if he starts, I'll say, yeah, excellent front three. If Chooks starts, I'd say hopefully he's fit enough to do what he can do because he can be a threat. If Maka starts, I'd say concentrate on the wide men. Just looking at your um, away form this season, um, it's been quite, like I said, I mean, the reverse fixture against us, you uh, you, you, did, you did us over there. It's just whether, I mean, that committee obviously implemented uh, this weekend. How's the away form been overall this season? Obviously, we've come up against teams uh, like Smallcombe who we've kind of been able to dominate the ball, who struggled away from home. Um, but is that going to be the same this year? Are you going to probably sit off and, and go from there? Yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see how we set up in terms of that because, like, Dean, Dean's bought us in. Uh, so before before Dean, uh, we won. We'd won one away game all season. We were dreadful. Dean's coming and we've won our last three now in a row. Um, but you know, one of those was against the Portsmouth side. Obviously, very low on confidence. I think that was Danny Cowley's last game, if I remember rightly. Um, but we, you know, our last couple of away wins have been against sides that you know Exeter mid-table and obviously Forest Green bottom of the league. 
sides where we can go and try and play our stuff. So, like I say, this will be very different for us under Dean to go to obviously one of the more fancied sides away from home just to see how we'd set up. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if we'd be ultra defensive and sit back. I but at the same time, like I said, I'm not, I'm not expecting us to go and dominate the game. Um, but yeah, it'd be very interesting to see how Dean sort of wants us to play. But you know, we, we've seen what Derby have done. You, you mentioned was it Morecambe? You've you done five recently. I feel like you've beaten quite a lot of teams at home by by decent score lines recently. I can't, I, I can't see. I, I'm gonna say I can't see that happening to us, but I might, might, might regret saying that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Lincoln showed that pace. Uh, I mean, and you alluded to earlier that pace can and can actually cause us a fair few issues. I mean, um, last night Lincoln, uh, their front three um, ran us ragged uh, and managed to get a draw out of the game. I mean, obviously, just coming to the the end of uh, the podcast, how do you see the scoreline going? If you were going to put a, a scoreline to it, uh, and uh, if you were going to pick a goal scorer, if you are going to get a goal, who would you put that to? Yeah, we're we're more than capable of scoring a goal. So like, I like if I'm going to be nice and positive, I, I feel like maybe we could go there and get like a one all draw or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I wouldn't bet against Jez being involved in a goal. So either a goal or assist at the moment, Jez Raksaki. Um, the, the way he's been playing, you know, he is a real fawn. And like I say, if, if you don't like pace and you don't like trickery, then you won't like him because because he's got both by the bucket load. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say he'll be the goal scorer. He scored, he scored some good goals recently, and um, yeah, I fancy him to go and get another. So a one-all draw um, from uh, from Louis, and uh, I will go. I'll have to back the boys at home two-one win. Hopefully, we'll we'll put an end to those last two. If you <laughs> apologies for that, uh, but uh, I've got to back them. <laughs> um, so so no, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and uh, really appreciate your time. As say, we've I've, I've joined uh, yourselves on Charlton Live uh, just for a quick segment there. Um, but if uh, if anyone does want to uh, find any more information about yourself and what you do, how can they find you? Yeah, so um, yeah, Charlton Live is our is our podcast. We're out uh, every Thursday and, and every Sunday uh, on on the usual podcast channels, so like Acast and, and Apple Podcasts and, and all that. You'll find our website, and uh, yeah, my Twitter at is there at Louis Mend. Uh, I'll be doing tweet updates of the game on Saturday actually as well. If you want to see it from a slightly biased perspective as well, from a from a Charlton <laughs> from a Charlton point of view, but yeah, uh, yeah, feel free to, uh, to to drop us a follow and uh, see how sad we are on Saturday evening. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate having you on and uh, thank you again yeah absolutely brilliant thank you away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.